God is so faithful. Pastor Ronnie, I want you to know that working alongside you and all that you have poured into me all of this time, it has been the greatest honor and the greatest joy. I am forever, forever grateful for what you've poured into my life and the change that God used you to bring about in my life. So I guess what I'm saying is you are to blame for this. And uh, anyway, we are going to get into the Word. If I can see it now, let me set this over here. Uh, Jesus, help me. Okay. I guess those would be appropriate things as we go into our new series, Positioned for Transition. (laughs) So much transition, so many things going on. We are going to just read a couple of quick scriptures, and I'm going to hold this box of tissue. Thank you, sir. I'll just keep it close. God is just faithful. The camera people are going, what's she doing? (laughs) Um, God is just so faithful. We're going to read these scriptures. All right, are you ready? The king asked Daniel, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. I am so grateful that we have a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, who answers the questions that we don't even know we're asking sometimes. And the next passage. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. Man, can I tell you, when God gave me that passage, I'm thinking I have read the Bible. I don't know how many times I've read the word. And where was that? It's like there was this challenge in my spirit going, if you want to search out some things, I've got them right here for you to just press in. And it was such a challenge to my spirit. So, Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word does challenge us. I thank you, Lord, that it causes us to grow and and brings us forward. And I thank you, Lord, that you are still a God who reveals mysteries. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for your faithfulness, how good you are. So, Father, I ask that you speak to us today. Let my stuff be forgotten and yours just plant deep that we would grow in it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, my goodness. We are going to step into a three-week series. And I believe the Lord has direction for all three weeks. Fingers crossed. Um, (laughs) We're going to trust that he's going to direct us. But this week, I believe the Lord's going to take us in a specific direction. I don't know about you, but... I know that there are some of us who awakened on January 1st thinking, you know, I was just kind of longing for that, you know, that beep and then that, this has been a test of the emergency broadcast system. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. But alas, it was not to be. It was not going to happen. It did not a lot changed as we've discussed, but you did wake up to new mercies. 
You did wake up to the bride and the morning star. You did wake up to a God who is still in control, who is still sovereign. You did wake up to the author and the finisher of your faith, and we know he's not finished. You did wake up to the alpha and the omega, the one who started it, the one who will finish it, and you can rest in the fact that he is still in control. So you may not have awakened to a situation that you had hoped for, but you did awaken to so much more. God is faithful and he is good, and he ain't shook by any of this. He just isn't. uh, So he just began to minister to me. I want you to know that The body of Christ has not pressed pause. I want you to know that that God is still on the move. I want you to know that though the houses of worship may have gotten a little bit quieter, you know, they may have gotten a little bit quieter and things may not look like they did before, I want you to know that the church is alive and well. I want you to know that God's people are still moving forward. He's still using his people. He is still ministering to his people. And just because you're not sitting here at this moment in time doesn't mean you're not part of the church. You know, the church has been meeting in living rooms a whole lot longer than it's been meeting in cathedrals. And the the kingdom of God, the word of God, advanced amazingly on foot and by word of mouth. And God has not stopped that. If anything, this season in the life and the body of the church has served only to draw us closer. It's the craziest thing. It's God math. It's something in reverse. There's something about this moment in time that should separate us. But what it has done is revealed to us how much we need each other. How precious hugs were. How important those greetings in the hallway were. How, how life-giving and life-affirming it was to sit with our brothers and sisters in a pew. Something that we might have begun to take it a little bit for granted. But Father, I assure you, we're not taking it for granted anymore. The body of Christ is moving forward. And you as a child of God must continue to move forward. We can't use the situation in the earth to be an excuse for not advancing spiritually. Because God can still speak to you, to you, to you. Instead of through someone else. I want you to know that. And I want you to know that God still speaks in specifics. God still speaks that way. I don't know when we lost the idea and and began to think of God in generic terms. I don't think it's that God began to speak generically. I think it's that we as a people began to listen generically. But God is very specific. God has words. If if you want to know how specific God can be, Go to Leviticus. (laughs) Go to Leviticus and just read a little bit. You know, it talks about, I mean, there's a section that talks about if you have mildew on your robe. These are the things that you should do if you have this. If you are unclean, being outside of the city, when the bread should be placed on the altar, what you should wear when you place the bread on the altar. After you place it there, you should leave and go change clothes. God is still a God of specifics. And he can speak to you. And I want you to know in this coming year that he wants to speak to you. 
He wants to speak to you today. He wants to minister to you today. Those places in you that may have given up your quiet time with the Lord. Last week, Pastor Ronnie shared about getting into the Word of God. Some of us have to reestablish that habit. Some of us need to reconfirm that in our life. And this is a wonderful time to do that. It's also a wonderful time to begin to set aside again time just in his presence. Scripture tells us, he says, um, you know, in the church of Laodicea, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. When it says, you know, I'm so pleased with you, but this one thing you've done, you've forgotten your first love. Then it says, go back and do again the things you did in the beginning. What did you do in the beginning that caused you to feel so close to him and, and to draw intimately into his presence? And anyway, I said all of that to say this. God has something for you to do, somewhere for you to go in the spirit, a place that he's preparing for you in this season to move you forward. Because you know, none of us actually stand still. (laughs) We might be still, but everything's moving around us. So we may as well press into the Spirit and be ready when it's time, when those doors open, when everything's... I mean, can you even imagine what God's going to do in the body of Christ when the family can really come back together full again? The enemy has no idea what's coming at him. So let's be ready. Well, this is one of those things. This teaching is one of those areas that several years ago, many, many years ago, the Lord placed on my heart. Some of you have been through it with me a while ago, but we're going to go through it again and lay a foundation. I was very much about doing. I know that surprises you. I was very much about doing, and I had my hands in so many areas of ministry and, and so many places, and, and I found a lot of my fulfillment in that, you know, for better or for worse. I loved ministering to the people. I loved uh, being a part of everything. I really, if I'm honest, I liked being in control, but, um, but we're not going to talk about that today. Um, I I loved everything that I was doing and everything that I was doing, worship team, teaching, leading this group or leading that group, pressing into this or that. I loved it. I loved all that I was doing. But I hit this season in my life where God started telling me to lay it down, lay it down, lay it down. And I'm like, God, you told me to do these things. You know, I knew in my spirit that God had placed me in those areas and that he had called me to do these things. But just because God calls you to do something today doesn't mean that's your calling forever. That may just be an equipping uh, portion of this journey with him. We got to be so sensitive to his spirit because when he says move, we better move. And when he says lay something down, we better be quick to lay it down because what happens if you don't move when he tells you to move and don't lay it down when he tells you to lay it down, it becomes an empty work. It becomes heavy to you. It becomes too much to you. You lose your productivity. And not only that, you become critical of those around you because it's not going the way that you thought it should go. And when God says, let go, let go. And and I've learned that the hard way in the beginning. And now, man, if he tells me to lay something down, I will toss it across the room and run in the opposite direction because I don't want anything to do with something he's not a part of at all. And so I begin to lay these things down and lay these things down. I laid down women's ministry, which I was 
I mean, I loved it. We were about, you know, 75 to 100 women strong, and we were doing retreats, and we were doing conferences, and we were having a blast. And, and, and when he said, lay that down, I went, but God, they need me. <laughs> oh, that wasn't true. Because this wonderful woman named Rena Montgomery stepped into over women's ministries, and it exploded. The women just loved her. They liked her more than me, and I don't understand that. <laughs> no, she had the anointing at that time and that calling, and I was in her way. Anyway, so I laid that down. I laid down a worship team. I stopped doing this, and I stopped doing that. And in my obedience to God, I found myself laying on my sofa with an empty can of Pringles rolling around on the floor, a couple of beef jerkies, you know, wrappers over here and, a, and some Tootsie Roll wrappers on my chest and, you know, having this major pity party. And, and, and I thought, this is just not working for me. I should probably talk to God about it. I should probably talk to God because I felt like everything had been taken from me when really God was preparing me for a next season. And, um, but I didn't know that at the time. And what it required was for me, like David, to get up and go wash my face, to go and worship and see if perhaps the Lord had something he might want to say to me. And um, so I washed my face. I turned on some worship music and I walked into my kitchen to try and clean it up because someone <laughs> hadn't been doing their job. And, uh, and I was standing in my kitchen with just worship music on and the Lord showed me something in my spirit. And it wasn't that like, you know, the lights went down and everything went away. There was no sound or noise. And I saw this, you know, image. It was in my spirit. And this is what I saw. I saw this warrior. I saw this archer in profile. He was standing over next in my, in my spirit. He was standing over next to my fireplace. <laughs> I don't know. In a, and I could see him in profile, and he, it was like a, I wish I could describe it to you, but um, he was standing with his side to me, and he reached and he grabbed this arrow off the ground. There was a leather, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Quiver. There was a leather quiver on his back, and he reached and he got this arrow, and he picked it up, and he held it in his hand for a moment. And then he took the arrow. I mean, it's like he just ran his hand down the fletching. He just looked at the arrow for a moment. There was dirt on it. <laughs> there was stuff on it. And, and uh, he ran his hand down to the fletching. And then he just took it and he placed it in the quiver. And after a moment's time, I know it doesn't make a lot of sense, but after a moment's time, he reaches and he retrieves the arrow. And when he pulled the arrow out, he brought it down to knock it on the bowstring. And when he knocked it on the bow, he began to raise it up. And he raised the bow and arrow up, and then he drew the arrow back. And when he drew the arrow back, that was the first time there was any speech at all in it. When he drew the arrow back, what I heard in my spirit was, you are here. 
You are here. And something just exploded on the inside of my spirit because with every position that he had taken me through to that point, something in my spirit had awakened to to this positioning, to the positioning in the hand, to the positioning in the quiver, to the positioning of being brought out and and face down and, and promoted and aligned and drawn back. And when the Lord began to minister to me, you are in this position, I, I, I could just feel it in my spirit. All of this time, I thought things were being taken from me, or I thought that the Lord was having me lay things down just because he was done with them or whatever. But what was happening was I needed to be drawn back for a season. There are some thresholds that you can cross by just stepping over them, but there are some that you need great impetus to get across. And and I believe that the Lord, I mean, and it's so easy at 2020 hindsight, it's so easy to look back and see what he was doing, but he was preparing me for something that was greater than I could walk across on my own. And so I needed that time in his presence. I needed that time without the distractions of everything else, even though they were good things, I needed that time in preparation for what was coming next. So today I'm just briefly going to go through those positions with you because I believe some of you are there. I know that all of you will find yourself in at least one of these places. (laughs) Some of you may find yourself in more than one. But the very first thing that, that caught my spirit was when he took the arrow into his hand. I want you to know that you have been chosen by God. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't an accident. He did not stumble over you in a field and choose to pick you up. He sought you out with purpose. And he knew when he picked you up that there was going to be some dirt involved. He knew that there was going to be some realignment, that there was going to need to be some some cleansing to take place. But he chose you. You have been called of God with purpose. Nothing that's going on in the world today has changed that. You've been chosen. The the, uh, cool thing is that when he ran his hand along the arrow, the shaft of the arrow, uh, uh, and and through the fletching, I mean, it was kind of dusty and it was kind of messy. Hal is an archer and he practices archery. And so when all of this began to develop in my spirit, I would ask him things, you know, I'd go and go, well, what about this? And, And I have seen arrows get delivered to our house and Hal would lay them out on the bed or lay them out on the counter and he would measure the arrow. You know, he would test the uh, fletching. He would uh, check it all out if it was bent. And one of the, the best ways to test an arrow is to lay it on the palm of your hand and give it a spin because it'll tell you the weight of the arrow. It'll tell you if it's heavier on this end or if it's balanced. Sometimes, after we've been chosen, we're going to go into a spin from times to time. And it is nothing. It's not punishment. Good arrows get tested. Good arrows get tested. And sometimes the Lord will allow a spin in our life to check how balanced we are. To give us a revelation where we might need to spend a little bit more time in this or a little bit more time in that. He would also take it out, much to the, I think, to the chagrin of our neighbors. He would go out and stand on our back deck and shoot toward things. But it's, no, we're not going to talk about that either. But when the arrow flew true, 
He knew it was a usable arrow. My granny used to say, and she was always talking about people, when she said this, she'd say, uh, she said, Barbara, now a, a crooked arrow just can't fly true. Can't fly true. It just can't. And she, you know, talking about, you know, my uncles. But um, they, they were, you can't fly true if you're unbalanced. If you, the weight of your center isn't centered where it needs to be in Christ, it's going to be very difficult for you to fly true and strike the marks that God has for you to strike. Well, this arrow tested true, obviously, because he put it into the quiver. So often we think, I've been chosen of God. I am God's favorite. I have flown true. I have done some pretty amazing things in my walk with Christ. And we're thinking, I am called of God. This is amazing. You know, the church of God really needs me. And we find ourselves all of a sudden, the uh, archer takes this gifted straight arrow with so much potential and he places it in the quiver. Why? Because it doesn't matter how talented and gifted you are if you can't get along with the other arrows. It does not matter how many gifts you bring to the table if you don't love the body of Christ. And so God will take those that have greatest potential and he will hide them in the center of the body of Christ in order to allow them to begin to love the body. And there are so many who wonder why God isn't using you, why God isn't like promoting you. You know, the, the word says that my gifts will make room for me, but your heart will take you out of that position. If you can't love the body of Christ, why would God promote you to a position where you can hurt the body of Christ? That time in the quiver, it can be very short or it can take decades, depending on the positioning of your heart. Because God wants people to lead who love his family who love his family. And so that time in the quiver is so important. And one of the beautiful things is you can spend time in the quiver and actually reach the point where you want the archer to use another arrow more than you. God, look at the ability that one has. Look what he can do. God, use her. God, use him. Instead of constantly crying out, God, will you open a door for me? That time in the quiver hidden away. Learn to love. Let love lead in everything you do. Allow God to awaken in you what his idea of family is as you sit next to the people in the pews. Instead of longing for a platform or a microphone or a ministry, minister in the hidden places to the people sitting beside you. Learn to do that and watch how quickly God promotes you. And that's the cool thing. When the time comes for him to reach back and get that arrow and bring it out, you're not even longing to be out yet because you're so kept in that place. But he reaches out and he grabs that arrow and for the briefest moment, that arrow comes up and you taste the elements and there's wind in your face and you get to preach or you get to teach or you get to sing and, and, and you get to do all of these things and people begin to recognize your name and all of a sudden you're face down. Because this, this place where the arrow is knocked upon the bow 
That's your place of stability. Face down is where you learn stability in Christ. Those places where you remember that you came from dirt and you're gonna go back to it. It is only the hand of the archer that moves you in one way or the other. Everything is by his hand. And sometimes after we have taken some successful flights, we need to be reminded of who we are in light of who he is. And so those face down places before the Lord where you travail before him, those are so important to your journey. So important. But once that stability comes, once you know that God has established you and has called you and you can rest in those face down positions, you get locked in and stable. And then that promotion begins. And see, this part is where the archer brings the bow up and there are these most minute corrections. You know, it's like God is, is beginning to allow you, maybe you were on the praise team and maybe all of a sudden you're singing in the front and then you're singing point and you're doing a solo and, and Chelsea, oh my goodness, have y'all ever heard her sing like that? This morning, anyway, God brings you up and promotes you. And, and aligns you. There's such a season of instruction as the Lord begins to bring you up through these places. It is so important that you pay attention to the details. It's so important that you listen to him and the minute instructions that he brings in that time. And then he brings you up. He makes those final alignments. And then he draws you back. And you know what the most wonderful part of that positioning is? Is it is the time that you are the closest that you will ever be to the mouth of God. And that is the time for final instructions before you fly. And in that season of my life, when I was drawn back and I didn't know I was drawn back, it was a season of so much instruction from the Lord. There were dreams. There were things that he was just speaking to me for that next season. When you feel like everything's been drawn back and taken away, I want you to know that God is still speaking. Pay attention. When you don't have somebody to reach out and minister to in the morning, stop and let him minister to you. Let him speak to you. Let him say the things that he needs to say to you for that flight. Because see, the wonderful thing is there's gonna be a time, you know, after this season when you're drawn back, all of a sudden, man, you're going to get released. You're going to release and that bowstring is just going to, just go, you're going to fly. You're going to fly. And if you have received those final instructions, if you love the body of Christ, if you have been, know you've been chosen, you've passed the tests, you've hidden within the body and, and learned the lessons that were there. You've flown, you've been face down. You've been promoted, you've been aligned, you've received instruction. And this time, when you fly, you strike the mark. You don't just barely nick it. You dead center that mark. And the most wonderful thing, I love this, is that those that fly behind you, there's such a thing as a precision arrow and there's competitionary arrows. And if you strike the mark and you hit it dead center, the ones that come after you begin to vibrate with you with the same rhythm that you move. Have you ever seen people in a worship team or whatever? It's like, you know, in between the songs, they're not touching each other, but they're all moving the same way. That's because they struck the same mark and this sympathetic vibration that begins to move through the body of Christ when we begin to strike the mark that he has before us. It's amazing. 
Guys, you all have a mark to strike. You all have something that God is preparing you for, a place that he is taking you to. Walk through the steps, work through the steps with him. Because here's the most wonderful thing is that you know what happens next, right? You know what happens at this point? The archer walks over and he retrieves that arrow because you have far more than one mark to strike. We all have many journeys. We all have many flights that God wants to take us through. We all have many places that he wants us to be of effect and to move into. We have to pay attention to our seasons. We have to pay attention to our seasons. I want you to know, I believe in my spirit that the body of Christ at this moment, in this season, with all that is going on, we are in nothing but the the drawn back position. I believe we are in a time of instruction. I believe that we are in a time when we are so near to the mouth of God that, that he is speaking to his body. But the wonderful thing too with it is that in that drawn back place, the body of Christ, when the time comes and, and he lets go of that string, he releases that bow, we are gonna cross boundaries that we never thought we could take. We're gonna go across thresholds that we would have never crossed if we hadn't had this season of being drawn back in him. Worship team, body of Christ, brothers and sisters at Springhouse, God has a plan for you. It doesn't matter which season you're in, the instruction of the Lord is available to you in this time. Do what he's asking you to do. Move in the places he's asking you to move. It's important. It is so important because God is creating a competition quiver. And the time's going to come when we are going to begin to strike the mark. And we're going to begin this sympathetic vibration in the spirit and the body of Christ is going to challenge the move of the enemy in the earth. (laughs) And he ain't ready. We need to be ready. We need to be ready. God, I see it in my spirit. God, let us prepare to do the things that you've called us to do. Father, that we wouldn't back up, we wouldn't back down, we wouldn't become, uh, we wouldn't move in apathy, but we would move in compassion with purpose, with goal. Father, one of the things he told me, he said, I want you in 2021, I want you to keep your eyes set on me and your heart set on pilgrimage because there's a journey in front of us and we're going to take it together. Amen. Amen.